0: How can no one else be a GM? Why, why, like, why can't I be a GM of a hockey team? Well, it's because one, you haven't put in the hours and hours and hours and hours of work. Two, you didn't play hockey, or you didn't play hockey at a high enough level where you, you qualify, qualify the for the club. Name. Yeah, you don't. You don't qualify for the club. Um, it, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of weird luck that's just bizarre that people who are just clearly unqualified for something are allowed to do it just because they they did another related
1: activity for long enough to qualify. So what is Dave Notice doing right now?
2: He's, in, um, he's, he's in, the he
1: stand, in San Jose. He's, mm-hmm. The Leafs right now, what, do we know how well I mean, how well do you think they're run? when I mean, you consider that the trade they made? I
2: think that they were doing a just fine job until the Kessel trade, and then I kind of don't know what's going on. So I would be fine with putting them
1: oh, uh, in the middle, Really? I guess. I don't know. I'd put them behind the Blue Jackets, I'll tell you that. Would you? Yeah. At least when the Blue Jackets traded their superstar player, they got NHL players
2: and Some of them they didn't have to I, did they did blue jackets have to retain the, salary on rick nash um nope. they also <laughs> didn't get a lottery protected pick back for that so dumb, so dumb.
1: Welcome back to the show that suddenly has tasty cakes on the table here, and that's that's always a good thing. This is the PredCast brought to you by com and Lion's Own Internet Marketing. With me, as always, Chris Link, John Garcia. Gentlemen, I do apologize. It's been a while, but how's your summer going? It was a long, boring uh, month of August
0: and then a long, boring month of September, mainly because we didn't record. But that's okay, because we were saving up all of our hockey commentary goodness, and... And all of the the newly embraced hot takes that we're expressing through mythical reptiles, and, and we're just going to push it out into the world.
2: I can't really say that my summer's been any different because I watched a Washington sports team collapse epically. So I'm pretty much about the same since last time you guys saw me.
0: That's my yearly experience. I got to watch. I got to watch um, multiple Philadelphia teams collapse in multiple multiple times. I mean, because because soccer, you obviously have cups and things that go on. I got mm-hmm. to watch my team bail out of the playoffs and then just. Die in a, in the Cup final for the second year running. Only MLS team in existence to go to be zero two in a U.S. Open Cup
2: final. Whoa! At least you got that to hang your hat on. Yeah, that's impressive.
1: I have uh, I have ventured into the world of college football sports radio. How's that going? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's actually the easiest thing I do. Like it, it could not be more easy than than what it is. You literally just show up with about thirty to forty five minutes worth of material, maybe a few bullet points, and everyone else just calls in. They do all the talking for you. I mean, you literally just put, they put gas in the tank and you just let them drive. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like, why am I, like, man, I, if I didn't love doing this, there'd be problems because this is a lot of freaking work compared to that. <laughs> I, I do love doing this though. Just because it's fun. I mean, it, it's it's much more intellectual, but... Mm. You say this.
2: I was going to say, that's a very strong. The team may not be always
1: intellectual and make intellectual decisions like, hey, let's make curtains not match the drapes and and let's put a gold helmet on, but, you know, whatever. Before we get to
0: the gold helmet, I will say we we are highly intelligent relative. Relative. Yeah. So, I mean, would you. I I occasionally accidentally hear national sports radio, so I know where
2: we stand.
1: Oh, God, yeah. I
2: distance (laughs) myself from all national sports radio, so. Someone I in, don't even worry about as it. As
1: someone in in the business, kind of. Yeah, I can I can say that. Though, though well, now
0: I, that I've I've been I've assisted coached uh, our friend uh, Charlie for a few games, I feel much closer to you. Oh,
2: good. Well, I can also tell that we're intelligent because of these uh, tasty cakes. Are we? Are we right jiggling here? the packaging? We can't jiggle the package. We'll do it now to get it out of the way, or else okay. I'm going to want to do it. for Death stares from Dan. Death stares from Dan. I feel better.
1: <laughs> I feel so good right now. I'm not going not gonna to describe you guys how I ate it on the way here. Uh, preseason. I mean, uh, the way I view it is every game finishes with the same final score. Predators, it's preseason. You know, whoever they're playing, it's preseason.
2: Like I said before, it's preseason where their line combos are made up and the goals don't matter.
1: Pretty much. Um, so we'll just uh, dive into the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, who looked good? I-, I
2: think we could all probably say Arvidson looked pretty damn good. Probably one of the best skaters on the ice, I think. Uh,
0: I mean, he was, he's he been one of the leading players in Milwaukee for a couple years now, at least last year, 100%. One of their best players. And so it's its not a huge surprise, but at the same time, he sort of flies under the radar like a lot of Predators prospects. Just sort of under the radar until they, they,
2: they get called up. Especially coming into this year when we were talking about Fiala, we were talking about Moses. We, Arvidsson was in that conversation, but I don't think that he was you know, on top of that, there were guys ahead of him who we were thinking were going to outpace him somehow. And he blew them out of the water, which is getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But uh, I thought that Ryan Ellis also looked good in the games that I went to. Um, Ekholm looked fantastic as always. He he mm-hmm. looks ever
0: improving, like he always seems to. Potato uh, looked about as bad as he did last year. But then again, I mean, his competition is not huge in, in Bartley. So for that, for kind of being that seventh slot, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else they released. Forsberg looked great. Oh, but that's, I, I mean, mean... that's expected, but... That's, yeah, that's not surprising. I
2: mean, yeah, I, I didn't watch the uh, game on Saturday, the uh, dreaded 7-1 loss to Columbus, uh, but the two game, the game that you and I went to were the first time that Hodson and uh, Jackman suited up for the first time. I thought that... In the offensive zone with the puck, Hodson looked like he had a lot of potential there, could very much fit into the Predators team. Um, and then Jackman, of course, had that crazy, uh, fluky goal from the blue line that just squeaked past Bobrovsky, his, which... I'm, his annual goal. Yeah, I was going to say, he used it up in the preseason, man. Come on. I don't, the preseason didn't count. It's
1: fine. He still got it. He still got it. Who didn't look good other than potato?
2: Moses. It's the first one that popped out in my mind.
0: I I kind of also I didn't expect much from Moses. I was I don't want to say anti-Moses, but I I was definitely not on on the hype train that was going on when they signed him. Just because he's never he he was a decent finish league player and then he had one really good season in uh in in the cage when when uh Jokert went over.
2: But at the same time, I think there's a difference between being on the Moses hype train and then expecting more than what he actually put through because um, when I was watching him, he looked like he was lost in the ice. He wasn't controlling the puck very well. He was behind the play. And,
0: uh, yeah, and that's, that's a little bit what drives me nuts, is when they sent him down, they talked about, I think it was even Laviolette who said it, that he might need some time to adjust to the North American game on the ice. He played about 400 games of junior and college hockey in North America, and then he had his whole you know, youth period before he got into junior hockey, before that. And he barely even got brushed with the AHL in that process did did he forget how smaller ice works in the
2: three years he was in Europe did someone say that New Hampshire's ice was international sized I
0: remember seeing that as well well but it was so, okay so four years in just that one sheet of ice because they obviously played other teams mm-hmm. and he spent three or four years in junior hockey in Canada I think did he or he was in some kind
2: of junior. I thought he was NA, yeah, NCAA. Yeah, he did play.
0: Way. He did play four years of NCAA. Okay, but he played junior hockey before
1: that. Well, he probably played developmental hockey, which is on a you know a same size rink. But, um.
0: but I think he. I I don't buy the excuse that he played hundreds of games in North America that he just doesn't get how the smaller ice works. The fact is he went over into Europe where a guy of his size with his skill set can succeed more easily than he can in a any tighter NHL
2: game. But at the same time, I think that there is a little bit of truth with adjusting back into... The smaller size ice, especially when you're going from the KHL to the NHL, um, whether that's going to actually translate to him being a 20 goal scorer, 15 goal scorer, good third line option in the NHL remains to be seen, frankly, or even if he gets a call up from there remains to be seen. Um, but me personally, I was expecting a little bit more than what I saw from him. Uh, in the preseason and again I saw him only just a couple of times and what I saw I didn't like and then uh, Fiala was another one I think that's in the back of everyone's mind saying that man we were expecting a lot more from him and he just didn't deliver
0: but I, I agree with his with the move they did with him oh I'm not saying that I'm yeah. not saying that it was a it was the the good, wrong it was... move
2: but you look at this time last year when we were even talking about hey this guy had a really good training camp. He's only eighteen years old. Does he have a spot on the roster? And in this one, after the first couple of preseason games, it was yeah, Milwaukee top line minutes, no
1: problem. That's cool. We'll see you next year. Uh, Steve Moses, real quick. He played his college hockey at New Hampshire. Did not. He was actually drafted by the Moncton Wildcats. Never played for them. He opted to yeah. go to college hockey instead. Yeah, he played. It was junior. It was a U.S. junior team. Yeah, the U.S. junior Browns. Yeah. Um, guy then plays three years in Yoker at uh, in three different leagues. He played in the um. Well, fit- should be the, the yeah, Finnish league and, mm-hmm. the, well, and that's the, right, the KHL. Finished, that's right. Finland re- renamed their leagues. That was, that was right. Uh, okay. So that Steve Moses. Appeal. I got you on Oh, that. wait.
0: They might have also recorded some games underneath the um, – because if he was in – because he, he should like, have some CHL games on there too because since he was – I think Joker was in uh, the Champions Hockey League last season, so he should have had some games logged under there as well.
1: Um, another thing the big change was uh, the arena, the arena itself. Um just as you know, for spectator standpoint, like the LED lighting makes a huge difference. It's fantastic. I mean, if you if you watched a LA Kings game uh, recently with their lighting at the at Staples Center, which Staples Center is like the is still, by opinion, the best arena in the in the, in North America. It's been around since the late '90s because they constantly keep pouring money into it. Whether it's upgrading lighting, upgrading seating, they're always doing something with it. So it literally looks like the Staples Center ice, where it just kind of glows. That's really cool. Uh, Chairs are better.
2: Chairs are a lot better. I I didn't do any sitting up in the three uh, hundreds this preseason. I was only uh, in the lower bowl, but it was much more comfortable, much more spacious. Oh, I think
0: cup holders. The upper bowl was next season, the next, next off season. season, right mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you got a little ways to go on that one. Oh, that's a big. That's a big thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. seat refresh. I mean, I don't. It take. It's taken the Miami Dolphins uh, who own the stadium. You know, out, out there, Miami Gardens. They're just now doing a seat refresh. The seat. The building's been open since the late eighties. Yeah, seat refresh is a big deal. It's a lot of work.
2: Yeah, well, Bridgestone Arena is what twenty years old almost now.
1: It's going to be twenty uh, next year. Next, De- uh, not this December, but next December. I can I...
2: almost order its own drink. I was excited
0: that the uh, the Predators didn't just try to sell the seats as well, the old ones. I would have bought one. Uh, well, so many teams they just like they they dismantling. They just sell everything off. Vials of water. Pieces of brick that fell when they were moving
1: things. Yeah. I totally would have bought one of those. Just it wouldn't have been one of the crummy lower bowl seats that are like, you know, flimsy like you can mount on outside and it would just fall apart. But yeah, like have... the club
3: level seats or yeah. like the box seats. Mm-hmm.
1: I would have bought one of those. Um concessions upgraded, but we didn't have great experience with that so we're just going to bypass that. Uh, okay. Um so the final roster, we looks like we've got what we what we're going to be uh, bringing into the season with. Uh, you already touched on Fiala and Moses. Uh, Jamie Devane went through waivers today. That means that Austin Watson, God's gift to hockey himself, is going to be on the roster. Hooray! And, and I can't tell you how proud I
0: am. I, I, I'm almost a little bit in disbelief, because my only assumption is that there's two guys in the roster he's set up to supplant, and that is the Gostad-Nystrom tournament of suck. And he should be. he is better than they are, and he should be play ahead of them, but I just never thought in the climate of, hey, you're... 30 or older therefore you can do whatever you want and get paid extra money because you're a good hockey guy that he'd be you know get to jump in there and maybe he's gonna be you know a, a semi-scratch situational type guy but
2: i honestly think it'll probably start out like that i mean you have to remember last season gabriel bork was starting on the first line so uh i would not read in uh, to a whole that lot lasted of the, all of one period yeah exactly <laughs> oh, it was just, oh i mean Flashbacks, huh? uh, but I wouldn't read into too much of what's going on the first couple games, uh, but I fully uh, believe that he's probably going to be in and out of the lineup for a little bit, and then after a little bit, Austin Watson
1: time. I really think he's going to supplant Eric Nystrom. Well, he, he's, I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Nystrom is a
2: wreck, and, and if he can – and
1: Watson
0: plays center no matter – I mean, he's, but he plays wing too, but, he, but, but, he, but he, being able to have a guy who can step in, who can take over Gossad's job – and play at least with some legs underneath him would be such a huge asset at that fourth line. That would be mm-hmm. that would be really the predators running four full lines. I mean I don't I don't expect Watson to score much of anything, but
1: put him up, on the power play. Huh? I'd put him on the power play. Over that's, who? Sounds like fun. I mean on the like <laughs> a second mean, power play unit just as a garbage guy. Sure, why not? I mean that's that's how he but scored ever. a lot of his goals in Milwaukee. Well, uh,
0: but I just think he's he's got so many talents that go beyond the gostad ice stream. If he can break through
2: that wall, especially because he's be cheap and he's got another year <laughs> in his deal after this year, and a cheap fourth line is not something and that just, the Predators have seen recently. And, and that's, if if he's a good season,
0: then all of a sudden he already he already has trade value. If he's a good season, his trade value goes way up. And a fourth line guy who's who could probably play third line for another team, who could be the, a depth guy that can make a difference for a team on a Stanley Cup run. Or a team that's a few pieces away from being elite, you can get something back more than he's, than he might seem like he's worth in a trade, and that's a huge asset. Whether you want to keep
1: him or move him, mm-hmm. we, we say that. But then there's you know they trade Taylor Beck away from Jamie Devane,
2: or Magnus Elberg for a six round pick. Wait, do we compare Beck <laughs> and
3: Devane? Who? No, not... no.
1: We compared we compared Beck and, and Watson because Beck got oh, traded. Okay. Beck, a good solid fourth line guy who can play third line if need be, and he's really inexpensive. Got traded for Jamie Devane, who then got tra- who. Beck then also got traded with like half the team for Michael Grabner. What is
2: and then didn't make the team?
0: Yeah, isn't Beck like didn't he get released or sent down or something?
2: He got well, I mean, there's no room for him on the Isles anyway, so he is in the AHL now.
1: They should have claimed him just for the hell of it. (laughs) Just be like, yeah, 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 here, have Beck and Nystrom send Nystrom to Long Island. I mean, hey, or
3: Brooklyn,
2: Brooklyn, not the same.
1: Um, what about the new guys? I mean, I know we touched a little bit on Hodgson and Jackman. We've got them as far as line combinations go. So we have Watson, who's kind of like this kind of an appendix as of right now. He's kind of an, you know, an extra piece as of right now. Um, So I'm looking at some of the line combinations. And Hodgson looks like he's going to be playing in kind of a... Lavi had a quote about there being more of a top nine instead of a top six. Get your thoughts on that. And also, where does that leave Cody Hodgson? I think
2: top nine is probably a good way to look at it for right now i mean hearing that should at least inspire a little bit of confidence because i think it's not like yeah we're gonna have the scoring line then we're gonna have the second scoring line and then we're gonna have the defenders and then we're gonna have the garbage guys down there that you know don't do anything but take defensive faceoffs and everything like that so i think that's a good way to look at it especially when you look at some of the line combinations where uh that he was using during the preseason like smith was on the third line wilson was on the third line so I think that there's a way to look at it where it's not, hey, they're on the third line, which means they're not going to get a whole lot of minutes and they're not going to do good things. It's like, well, they're on the third line because that's another line that can score. And Laviolette does like to do uh, matchup hockey. He was really good at doing that in the playoffs, it looked like. So, uh, you know, you've got this third line out there that can go against some weaker competition. And maybe the second line goes out against some harder competition and, you know. I think it's a good way to look at it, at least for right now. It, it really depends on how he ultimately balances the lines.
0: Uh, if, if he goes with the, the pairings and then kind of the free wing, like you can, you can rotate players in, that's going to really have a different impact. Uh, it, my kind of knee-jerk impression is that it, it, saying a top nine is more of a branding thing. It's, really, it's going to be a top six, and then the third line is going to be a prove-it line. Guys who are, you know, they're, they're kind of on the they're marginal. They could maybe be a second liner. You're not really sure. They're struggling. It's a prove-it line. And you can call that a top nine very much because these are guys who could make the jump up uh, or just having a cold streak because that's one thing the Predators have to worry about. They're, they can be very streaky with their scoring. And so if a guy's struggling, you know, rotate someone up, drop him down. He's on the prove-it line. You go out there against that weaker, maybe that weaker competition. Mm-hmm. They make things happen, build confidence, demonstrate things that they can do get some different type minutes and that makes a lot of sense to me and I I really like that idea and I hope we see something like that but then again I mean is always trying to be a little bit innovative um, with the Predators because the pieces he has in Nashville are very different the pieces he's had in his past couple teams
1: yeah Uh, I was going through some of the other like the previews which some of the things that for those who don't know who don't who've never done the job of doing morning links there's a lot of garbage that you get sent and you just decide hey I'm gonna do that but there was a Toronto outlet that actually was just like i can some of the people are saying i can't believe how bad the predators forwards are just you know people who've never heard of craig smith i mean they're jokes on them because he's a gorgeous human being but and an cool.
2: a, and a good talent to boot
1: and and i hear he scores when he wants yeah he he scores when he wants he, you know, he gets, he's going to get he's like 20 25 goals a year that's you know that's not bad for anything
3: that's not else. nothing no, it, it,
0: i would argue in the modern nhl and the game we're seeing where goal scoring is going down across the board a guy who can score 25 goals consistently in that environment is a huge asset. On a mm-hmm. second line. It's a huge asset. He, he doesn't get nearly as much credit, and it drives me nuts. I've, I know a few people who are like, oh, I hate Craig Smith. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> he's he's going to put up fifty points, maybe even sixty, on a good on a good season, and twenty five of those are goals. And you're going to be really grateful to be there. And he's
1: reasonably priced. Yeah,
0: there's is it's not an easy repla- replace uh, player. No, Easily I was all player. for that's both tough.
1: him and Wilson both getting the contracts yeah. that they got because that's, I agree. that's reasonable depth. Yeah. Because the question is, do you want Craig Smith or do you want Patrick Sharp? Because they're very similar
0: guys right now, and I'd much
1: rather have Craig
0: Smith. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. cheaper, younger, and probably at this point a little bit better.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, during the regular season, yes, definitely.
2: Of course, Sharp has a added bonus of playing with Sagan and Ben, but
1: that's a whole different story. Oh, uh, that's no, that's, that, that's st- line yeah. talent, not group <laughs> whatever. That's just going to be silly. And of course, you know they still have to play defense. Um, speaking of, let's go around the division real quick. Um, if those who are tuning in, if they want to hear us, you know, to hear us rail about the Patrick Kane case, you can go ahead and skip because we're not going to do that. Uh, word out of St. Louis is that uh, David Backus is playing more wing this year. And some of that is because, uh, well, they they spent a lot of money on Paul Stasny. <laughs> and they got to use him at some point. He was god-awful last year as a third-line center. Um, so you have Yori Laterra, who's better than expected, who has a great chemistry with Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, you're likely going to see Stasny and Backus together. Um, where that leaves St. Louis is that instead of have being that awesome three line team that we saw for most of the year last year, when Stastny was playing well, you're now going to see him kind of more go down to two lines, and then you're going to have uh, Berglund whenever he comes back, likely playing a, in a third line center role, which they've tried multiple times with mixed with mixed results. So St. Louis now, I think they're going to miss TJ Oshie more than what we will give him credit for. Not just because you know he's another gorgeous human being with a great shot, but he had, he was so versatile for them. And the back as an ocean line was a great, uh, two way line that took the pressure off Laterra and Tarasenko. So what are you expecting out of St. Louis this year? As far as you don't have to give me a prediction yet. Cause we got a whole show to do, but upon hearing that, what's your reaction? M- more sameness, honestly. Um, I mean, it,
0: it's not like moving a guy from center to wing is going to shake things up for the team that much. Uh, I, I think it's going to help Stastny a little bit to give him some better ice time. He got buried and he's just not that kind of player. So I mean that might have a net positive impact, but I, it's it's there's still the Blues. I don't expect really anything different. They st- they're still going to have you know their goaltending controversy and they're still going to be pretty good. But it's just going to be regular St. Louis Blues hockey in in which case they will probably make the playoffs and then not win a Stanley Cup again. It's, mm-hmm. it's default
2: I don't think I've got anything to add to that, unfortunately. I mean,
1: how but ditto. How much does Brian Elliott probably hate Ken Hitchcock?
2: For what? Keeping him there or not letting him do what he wants to uh, do?
1: For not riding with him, the guy, who got, the guy who made the All-Star team, the guy who had a very good season to go with Jake Allen in the playoffs. He was
0: so mad. He just drove around St. Louis and bought up all the barbecue and pizza he could find and just hit it.
2: I think a lot of people are mad that Ken Hitchcock's still in St. Louis right now.
1: Yeah. I'm not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as a uh, fan of a rival team, I could see that. I'm
1: not, I'm not upset about that at all. Um, a little bit further north, uh, Thomas Vanek went on record, and, and essentially, I mean, if you read between the lines, criticized the makeup of his own team by, by talking about the center depth for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, which Minnesota? If you looked, I mean, it's a very similar roster to Nashville. When you look at uh, the fact that they've got all this, they got plenty of town on the wings, and your centers are Miko Koivu and Mikhail Granlund and yeah, Eric Haula. Yeah, that's that's not exactly awe inspiring. There
0: and it's also Miko
1: Koivu, who is uh, definitely getting up there.
0: He's getting up there. He's still he a very
1: good defensive. You know, my he, essentially he's finished Mike Fisher in a lot of ways. Paid a little bit more. Paid actually paid a lot more. So does Vanek have a point here? And But number one, who is he to talk? Because he's got a stupid contract that he didn't live up to last if
2: year. If Vanek wants to criticize the makeup of his team, maybe he should learn how to shoot the puck a little bit better. Uh, I can't remember if it was in the, a Nashville game or if it was just another one of the uh, wild games that I got stuck watching sometime last season. But he had a puck right in the slot, and he was all alone. And he went to go do a super hard wrist shot and completely missed it, and the puck just trickled to the goaltender and he put the glove over it.
1: I mean, this is the guy that uh, that Montreal fans call Thomas Vanish.
2: So he... This is a perfect nickname, by the way. Yeah.
0: It's adorable, yeah. I like that one. Now, Minnesota in general, I mean, he's not... That's the thing. Whether or not Vanek performed last year, he is right. The depth in Minnesota at center is just really not there. Granted, I mean, you could have some guys step up and improve, and you have some young guys who are getting there, but it's just, it's really not it's not competitive with the NHL, even not competitive sure, with the Predators.
2: Sure, but, but do you say that and say like, "Oh, the reason that I'm not doing well isn't because that I can't oh, make no, something." I'm, I'm out saying, of
0: I'm, I'm saying he's he's being an ass, but he's right at the same time. I mean, it, it's you've got there's two different things going on. One, you've got a guy who clearly is pushing away his problem. and Another side who's mm. has a, you know correct and valid criticism.
2: Maybe he's just betting the under on his performances for the rest of his contract.
1: I see what you did there. Ta ta! That was well done. Um, uh, minor news, uh, no pun intended. Marco Dano was sent back down to Rockford. What he's, uh, this is a hard lesson is that, you know, the Chicago system is a bit more deep than Columbus, even though Columbus has been drafting at the early part of the draft for, you know, ever.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people though, thought, thought that, uh, Dano was going to make the team coming out of Chicago though. We started Dep- so well last year, mm-hmm. depending on a couple of things. I mean, the, the big thing with that was, the, is the, uh, Bickle contract. That the, that's taken up space that they can't really do anything with. But, um, I mean, if I were a Hawks fan, and thank goodness that I'm not, I wouldn't worry too much about it because he's going to get called up sometime during this season, and he's probably going to do well for them. Uh, just right now is not the time. And with the roster that they have, at the most part, I mean, I don't think that the, that's anything to really worry about.
1: The fact that no one claimed Brian Bickle, it's, I mean, I'm, well, a, I'm a little bit surprised. Well, did you see? Uh, I'm I, not, I know not. this contract's stupid, but there's a lot of stupid teams out there.
2: Uh, I don't know. I think seeing the waivers the past couple of days, I mean, you're seeing McDonald go through. You're seeing Scrivens go through. You're seeing all of these oh, guys. Right.
0: McDonald, are you? Uh, what, what are you going to say about
2: McDonald? Uh that terrible contract
0: and the terrible player attached to it right yeah
2: They're both exactly. terrible okay just making sure yeah, we're, no. we're, we're uniformly acknowledging that mcdonald's terrible we're on the same page there Fantastic. but but uh was a guy kind of segueing a little bit to uh annie mcdonald going over there who is uh just a couple of years ago it's like oh he's this great presence worth five million dollars and he blocks shots and he's so good for joining us on the predcast is paul yada, Holmgren. Yada. And then look what happened. Everybody said that that was a bad deal, and you're looking at all these waiver uh, uh, claims that are all the players that are going through waivers, and it's like a who's who of bad contracts from the past like three or four years. So I think G- GMs are starting to realize that, oh man, we made some mistakes. Here we go. Uh oh. So that's why I wasn't at all surprised to see Brian Bickle clear waivers. Like, no, I, mm-hmm.
0: if if his contract was even. Even a million dollars, maybe ideally like one point five million dollars less, people would be lining up to grab him because he's a fine hockey player. He's
1: he's a third line. He's a flex guy. guy. You can move him up to the second line in yeah. the playoffs. You know if you want to, you know, have a little bit more size. Yeah, he's a third
0: line guy. He's just on a stupid contract. It's sort of like if, if the Predators waived Gostad. No, actually, it's Nyström or Nyström, either of them. Yeah, no. Yeah. Granted, Bigel has more utility than either of those guys do right now, but
1: whatever. I don't know. Yeah, at least Bickle can skate a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if he can chew his own food, but he can at least skate. <laughs> Isn't that what Carsello is typically for? They just punch him in the face till his, the food's mushed up? Hey, Austin Watson doesn't have any teeth. <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> Two years ago, I'm interviewing him at Prospect Camp, and he still had, like, he had a couple, and he had one that was chipped, and then we see him now, and they're just, this is gone. Maybe he just had him taken out. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he's just gone. Yeah,
2: by to- a vulcanized rubber disc.
1: It's not an approved dental procedure, John.
2: Yeah, you you got to do what you got to do.
1: <laughs> in, in Canada, that is dentistry. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know what? Since we're we're doing pretty good on time, um, as part of our challenge for this week, we're going to be, uh, you know what? Now, first we do that. Let's let go around the league a little bit here. A little bit of news today came out involving uh, Zach Cashin in a car accident. Mm. Montreal Canadiens come out and say that he was quote reckless and he's going to be suspended without pay and only allowed to uh, rejoin the team after administrators clear him. So what's your take on that? Um, I get the idea that he was probably being an idiot behind the wheel of a vehicle. Um, He was a
2: passenger in the vehicle from the report that I saw, I thought.
1: We see that... um, I mean, we've seen athletes be suspended before for automobile accidents. Um, There was was a Chicago Bulls player that uh, his career ended due to a motorcycle accident. And they didn't really have to pay him much for that. I mean, they had had insurance, but that's a big deal.
2: It's been a rough summer as far as player conduct goes. Not to go down that, not to go down that road, but I I haven't seen a whole lot of information from the Zach Cassian deal. uh, Other than that, he's getting suspended without pay due to this incident, this auto collision. I think we could just sum it up very
0: neatly by saying if it wasn't acknowledged and generally known before, now it's pretty obvious that there's some, notable substance abuse issues in the nhl not just people in painkillers but all sorts of drugs and alcohol and stuff it's it's true in a lot of sports but the nhl has been a little bit up front like it's it's a problem but we're not really worried about I'm it
2: a bit more reactive than proactive type of thing yeah it'll I'm... go away in time just just mm-hmm. just wait I mean, it's I... an in thing now it'll but be you know an what? out thing later
0: <laughs> it's cyclical cocaine is cyclical like a lot of things in life It'll it'll be, it's here and then it's gone, nothing to worry
2: about.
1: Dateline uh, Montreal Gazette, the uh, Canadian's winger, was involved in a traffic accident, suffered, quote, minor injuries, tattoo fractures, including his foot and his nose. A 20-year-old woman was driving the truck, which ran into a tree. That was really about it, really. Uh, Cashid was all bloodied up and stuff. He was in a daze, said Steve, a resident on the street. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. So, all right, well, apparently, well, that makes me feel a little better than he wasn't the driver, but still. Geez. Well, there must have been something. There has to be something. There is the mean,
0: something we're not privy to that that requires some pretty stern discipline. Mm-hmm. Bergevin,
1: Mark Bergevin had a press conference today without a suit jacket on, with the collar undone. And he it's, said he
2: was super disappointed at him, to yeah. paraphrase. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. He, they must know something that we don't know yet. Imagine that. I know. Imagine that. Um. Okay, it was driven by a 20-year-old woman and according to police, with another 18-year-old woman on board. It was a truck? I saw the pictures of it. It looked like more like a semi-truck. Those all right, let's um, go and take our break. When we come back, we're going to break down all four divisions with a thoroughness that you will have never seen before. I have five tough questions and probably be done after that because we plan on spending a lot of time with this. This is a PredCast presented by Lion's Own Internet Marketing Solutions.
4: These days, you need to partner current and latest website design standards. One that also provides quality support services like hosting, email, e-commerce, CMS and more. And you need a partner experienced in online branding and marketing like social media, search engine marketing, rich media and email marketing. You need a partner that knows how to market your company in today's age of advertising. You need Lionzone. Their professional staff and partners have the know-how, creativity and experience to help you reach your marketing goals. Contact them today for a free consultation at 615-353-0402. That number again is 615-353-0402. Or you can reach them on their website at www.lionzone.com. Lionzone, Nashville's leading internet marketing agency since 1999.
3: Love Come and go How you getting to Happily ever after I don't know I ain't no prince, babe.
1: And welcome back in. Made a stop by the good old office supply store, so we have a, we have a series of sticky notes here for visual aids, because, because I'm old and I forget stuff. All right, so we're going to break down each division, something we had a lot of fun with last year, and we totally held it over everybody's head during the entire course of the year, so it'll only be befitting for us to do it again. So um, divisional previews, we're going to go from the bottom to the top. We're going to start with everyone's favorite conf- everyone's absolute favorite conference when it comes to just like just shot and fried the Metro. Metro
2: oh, Poly- man, I was hoping we'd start with the Atlantic Division, because this year the Atlantic Division is the Who Cares Division.
0: Oh, man, what a trash fry that's going to be. The Atlantic? Oh yeah, Atlantic's a mess.
1: Yeah, the uh, yeah, too much cannon in there for my liking. So Metro, eighth place. Start with you, Link. What have we got? Uh, you pointed ooh. at me.
0: Metro for eighth
1: place. I'm going
0: to go with New Jersey Devils.
1: And uh, biggest reason why? One reason.
0: Well, they were surprisingly bad last year, and they've only gotten and somehow managed to be surprisingly worse going into this season. So I, I don't see how they can move up and they look inclined to move down. And I, I don't see how a passable, uh, sorry, I have to remind myself of where things are in life. Um, a passable Carolina team isn't going to ha- finish ahead of them. And a what's going to be poor but intelligently rebuilding Flyers team is going to finish below them either. It's just a wreck. Jersey. Jersey.
2: I will also pick the New Jersey Devils to finish eighth in the conference because have you seen that roster?
0: We are all in accord. No one has seen their roster because
2: no one it, knows it, it blinds it yeah. anyone who
1: looks upon it. I feel bad for Corey Schneider. I really do. Yeah,
2: wasting his prime years. Yeah. Wasting away in New Jersey. Poor guy.
1: All right, John, seventh place. Who do you got?
2: Uh, I am going to go with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the reason I say that is because they've still got Stahl there for about another <clears throat> half of the season uh, before he's uh, traded away. Eric or Jordan? Both. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eric's going to be easier to move than Jordan, and one of them's not overrated. Oh, no. Uh, their decor is also a little bit better um, than a lot of people give them credit for. It's still not in a good shape, but I think that they're going to at least be better than the New Jersey Devils.
1: And signed Eddie Lack to a two-year extension today, or over the weekend. And he's a good Golden tender. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's actually the reason why I would put Carolina also in that spot, is you know they're, they're pulling themselves together as an organization— And if they let Black take over for the never terribly good Cam Ward, then the team will instantly be better because they won't be playing Cam Ward. Mm -hmm. Huge bonus there.
1: I'm going with the Philadelphia Flyers. For number seven? For number seven. Just because I don't don't trust Philadelphia. And I think Carolina is at least going to start off somewhat strong because I, I, I like their forward depth. I really do. Uh, I know Philadelphia's got decent forward depth too, but they also have Steve Mason. I just don't trust Steve Mason. I know he's a decent goaltender, but it's fine. It fits my character to say I don't trust Steve Mason.
2: But again, we, as we were just talking about, they got better by subtraction, by yeah. getting rid of McDonald.
1: Well, I mean,
0: I could I could write a short essay on why the Flyers are are far better. They're not going to be a good team this year, but why the organization's far better? I'm going to give you credit for. It. But it's already been posted over at Broad Street Hockey today. A fantastic piece on that whole. On, Hi, uh, Travis.
3: Install.
2: I also think that they're one-two punch with Drew and uh, uh, Voracek. Voracek. Maybe escaped me for ahead. a second. Yeah, I think that they're going to score themselves uh, out of contention for 8th and 7th. So I don't think that they're going to be very good, but I don't think that they're going to be seller. I think they're going to be in that gross middle, that dreaded middle in the NHL.
1: That sounds great. 6th?
0: Yeah, it's going be the Flyers in like? 6th. Um, I mean, they're built to develop youth in... Uh, Lehigh Valley. That's what they're going to do this year. They're going. They've got an unbelievable stable of, de- of defensemen who are going to be playing Lehigh this year. And when those guys are ready to be harvested, the Flyers are instantly going to be a very scary team because they're going to have a bunch of young, quality defensemen who are ready for the NHL now. But they're not putting them there because that would wreck them for the that would waste a the year. Be cheap. Yeah. I mean, Hexel has put the Flyers in a great, great spot for the future, but they're going to be bad for a couple years, like just pointlessly bad.
2: Yeah, six. Flyers, also. Should we
0: compare notes to make sure
2: we line up all the way to the uh, time? Apparently we're doing, it, we're doing our, our predictions on our prediction piece <laughs> last week were pretty spot on, I were think. Were they? Uh, yeah, you and I had some pretty uh, similar okay. predictions.
0: Well, it, we're, we're, I think getting to five through one is where things get messy.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. Especially in this division, too. It's yeah. anybody's game. I'm not confident with trying to pick this division at all.
1: I had Carolina at my number six just because I think they're going to run out of gas and they're going to start selling pieces and kind of settle into that six, seven role. I'm, and
2: you also wanted to be different.
1: Uh, not really. I mean, I, I think we're. you could interchange 6 and 7, but uh, it would have been really weird if we all had 4, or five, and seven, or 5, or 6, 7, and 8 all the same. Number 5, John, what do you got? Uh,
2: I'm going to buck the trend, and I'm going to pick the Columbus Blue Jackets for number 5 in the Metro. The reason I say this is because Nick Foligno has made a career of shooting at an unsustainable percentage. I think that's going to go down. Uh, I also I know that they had some injury problems last year that's not going to be exactly like what's going to happen, but Barofsky does still have some injury concerns. It seems like every year something happens and he's out for a little bit of time. Um, yeah, and I think that they're going to do really well for a little bit, but they're not going to be as great as some people think that they're going to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dan's already right. We're going right to down. Yeah, it's, I, I say Columbus as well. A lot of the same reasons. They have a, a degree of stability that you don't see in the bottom three that I think could get them into the playoffs in a fifth seed kind of supplant someone in, in the Atlantic and grab a grab a spot away uh but I just I don't know the sustain and there are injury issues and yeah,
2: and not I to spoil anything but that. I do think that they're a playoff team I'm not saying that they're not going to make the playoffs so but we'll leave that man I we'll tried to say later. something
0: slightly different he just comes back and agrees with me man that's great
1: I don't trust Columbus's defense to go any higher than fifth because, I mean, I mean their goaltending, great. Their, four, their top two lines are pretty good. So there's some bad contracts, but they're pretty good. I mean, David Clarkson's on that team. But their defense I just don't trust. I, just, I can't have it. All right, who's got number four? I think it's me. Um, it hurts me a little bit in a
0: weird sort of way, but I'm actually going to say the Islanders. Where am going go with the Islanders. Um, not because they're a bad team. It's just because... All the teams in the top four, I think, are are a little bit better this year. They've all made some good steps. And I just think the way that the the chips fall, the Islanders are going to find themselves in that fourth spot. Um, And I don't think that's going to have a huge impact once they hit the playoffs. I think the team that's in first, they're going to be pretty toe-to-toe. I just think that's kind of how it's going to fall point-wise.
2: And I could get down with that prediction, but I'm not going to agree with you here for once. Uh, I am going to go number four in the Metro Pittsburgh Penguins. The reason why I say that is because we all know that they've got that great uh, top three and they've got some crazy incredible depth up there but beyond that what do they got I mean Mark Fleury is or Mark Andre Fleury has always got question marks around him uh, Chris Letang is one bad hit away from ending his career uh, and then you look at the depth on their bottom six and uh, Matt Collins made of glass Eric Ferris made of glass uh, just about everyone else on that team. Uh, Patrick Hornquist's made of glass as well, as we all know from seeing him in Nashville. Um, and he had some injury concerns last year.
1: So he's made out of glass. He's made out of jade. A little bit harder, but still, yeah. Sweden is known for their jade trade, so yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh number four too, just because we mentioned depth. But also, I don't think Pittsburgh really cares about winning the division. I think they're if they're if someone's on the fringe of being hurt, I think they'll sit him out. I think this team's more focused on a bigger prize because this I mean, they've, they've already won the Cup once with this kind of core that they have, and I think they want another one. So, number three. You know what? I'll take number three because I haven't started one yet. I realize that's kind, of, that's kind of unfair to everybody else. It's kind of unfair. Gonna go some snack I'm going to go with mine. Mine would be in the Ork Islanders. Hot take there, but yeah. Uh, just based on the fact that I don't think they have the, the raw talent that the Rangers and the Caps have, and that's the only two teams to be above them.
2: See, I'm actually, uh, I kind of disagree with you there. I'm going to say that the Rangers are going to slip down to number three, and I don't feel comfortable with saying that at all. Um, But I think their defense is a little bit overrated than some people give them credit for. Um, If you look at some of their forwards, uh, Stepan's good. Nash is generally very, very good in the regular season. Um, And then they've got a couple other people, and they're like, Kreider, who I hate to name uh, because I hate him just so, so much. But I think that they're just going to take a little bit of a step back. And again, they're another team that they don't need to win the division uh, to be a success right now. They need to get back into the Eastern Conference Finals and they need to win the Eastern Conference Final and then win a Stanley Cup. So I would say kind of what you mentioned about Pittsburgh is they don't care whether they win the division or not. They just want to get healthy to the playoffs. And not give Henrik Lundqvist the biggest workload in the world so he's fresh when the playoffs start
0: And I, I'm going to fill in Pittsburgh at that spot since it's kind of the dangling one out there uh, I, really nothing different from what anyone else says but fr- frankly they're, they're kind of th- their top line and, and whatever the second line is looking like can drag the team an awful long way they've got two of the best forwards in all of the NHL I mean probably probably top of the top five forwards and of they getting out two of them <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's just it, they've got so much. Sorry, <laughs> I, <said> the, <laughs> I had to think about that a little bit. Sorry, Enjoy, I was enjoying it. Just, just, that was pretty mm, good. That was pretty feeling well good done. inside. Yeah, but I just I, they've got so much firepower in those top two lines that I think it's gonna make them appear through the course of the season like they're better than they are.
2: And you can score your way into the playoffs, but you really what can. what you do after that there is that's gonna yeah. be the question mark for me. Yeah,
0: but I definitely I have them at three. Uh, Let's go John with number
1: two.
2: All right, I'm going to do this. This is more of a superstitious pick, but I'm going Washington number two. Uh, I think that they've got all the tools there to win the Metro, uh, but they were very, very healthy last year and didn't have any injury concerns. Uh, This year they're going to be starting at least for the first four games, maybe possibly longer without Nicholas Backstrom. Uh, They might start without Brooks Orpik. uh, And then from there you never know what what injuries they're going to do. Um, and if they have any injuries, especially on the back end, they're going to be in rough shape. Uh, so I could see them contending for the spot, but ultimately, I see them coming in second.
0: Well, I have the Rangers in second, just
2: because. Just because. Just because. Yeah, they're in goes. second.
0: I don't think they're the number one team, and and that only is the only spot left.
2: They're not number one. They're not number three. Yeah, they're number two. They're number two. I have the people. truer words have never been spoken. The Rangers are number two. <laughs>
1: The one the Cup of '94. Uh, I'm gonna take Ranger. I'm gonna take uh, the Caps in, at number two, just because. Uh, I mean, uh, you, you mentioned about the injury bug. If something happens to Holtby, they're in trouble. Uh, I
2: wouldn't say they're in trouble because Philip Grubauer is better than people give him credit for, and people haven't seen a whole lot of him. Um, but overall statement agreed with. Yeah.
1: Um, that and I just I feel like the Barry Trotz does tend to wear his own teams down. I, I really do. I feel like that we're talking about a, just knowing, I know that Nashville and Washington are completely different animals, but when you're starting goaltenders taking an IV in order to be able to play in a playoff series, you know, I know that's more common than people like to admit, but when it was just like a an everyday thing for Pecorino towards the end of the season that one year, yeah, I'm a little bit worried there. Plus, Holpy's really good. Yeah, gonna and he's overplay, a
2: lot younger than Pecorino is too.
1: But they're going to overplay him. That's my that's my worry. They're gonna overplay Holtby.
0: So yeah, but I still i, I think uh, it's it's Trotz's year. I think he finally gets his um. He finally gets his his title, a title, any title,
1: like yeah. anything, some banner. Yeah. Um. Well, that would leave out. Uh, you would go with the Caps as your division winner.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, I I think it was on the website. I'm gonna have to stick with it. I
3: think.
2: Yeah, I I am also sticking with the Islanders that I put on the website. The reason I say that is because they've got. A great set of forwards. They really do. I mean, you look at Tavares, who's my pick for the MVP again this year. I thought that he was in the discussion last year, but of course Price went superhuman. Uh, if they have Ocposo for longer than they did last year, I think that's a good thing. And then you you look at the guys, they've got Strom. Anders Lee is pretty amazing over there. Um, and then you look at their the top two on their D with uh, Letty and Boychuck. Uh The question that I have is in goal. You know, uh, Halak's not going to start the season, and then He's, he goes from very good to very streaky, uh, but I think that they're going to score enough goals uh, to get themselves in first in the Metro this year.
0: And Honestly, that's the team I'd really love to see in first. Well, uh, hey,
2: well, let's not say things that we can't take back, okay?
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see him up there. Uh, as far as the teams are actually playoff-worthy in the Metro. yeah. Obviously, yeah otherwise, I'd be a little bit more biased, but I'd like to finally see their franchise be successful. I wish they could have been a little bit more successful when they moved to Brooklyn, but you know, uh-huh. you know we'll, we'll see how that goes with their spectacularly terrible black jerseys. I
1: don't mind those. I may be a bad person, but I do not mind the black jerseys. It. I know that it's it's definitely like a, a Pacific Division thing. Well, you know, when you but...
2: compare them to the last couple of third jerseys that the Islanders have had, they yeah. look spectacular. You just think,
0: somebody somebody got paid a bunch of money. To like take the paint bucket in Photoshop and click black and then click fill
2: <laughs> on the Stadium Series
0: jersey and and just it's like there's your Brooklyn jersey, it's black with black and more black. That's your uniform. You get black and that's it. And everyone's like, a few people are like, "Yeah, hey, it's not bad.
1: It's simple. It's, it looks like a hockey jersey. It,
0: it's it, it's there and it looks terrible." It's just, the stripes don't make any sense. I mean, I, oh, four Stanley Cups. Well, you now, you, now you've, now you like, branded yourself on one of the main... Because before, the stripes were a little bit hidden. A little bit. Now they're like, there's four stripes. On, it's the only element on the jersey. On the, the socks, jersey. too. It's they the got them on the socks. the only element in the jersey. And it's like, so what if you want a fifth? Then you need new jerseys.
1: Okay. I think they'll fight that kicking and screaming, let me tell you. But it's just, it's stupid <laughs> from a design. It's, it's like, almost like the fetus from a design point of view, in my opinion. Fair enough. Atlantic Division. Um... No one
0: cares, but let's
1: do it. Pretty much. I'm going to start this one off because I'm going to go Buffalo, bottom of the vision. Can we just raise
0: a hand? If if you don't think it's Buffalo, raise your hand. There we go. We got we got something to talk about. John raises his hand.
2: Yeah, I'm saying the Maple Leafs because I think that uh, Buffalo is going to at least be a little bit better this year. Again, very, very low bar. I mean, if this is a limbo, you could just like walk under it or jump over it, I guess, would be the opposite way. Step across it. That'd be, That'd be it. a high bar. If high bar, front. yeah. So you don't want a high bar. No, you don't. You want it low. Yeah. So you can step across so, it. Just so if you're, if you're
0: jumping, you need it low. If it's high, if you're going under, you need
2: to have it so high. So let's go with that part, that metaphor. You're just going to hop over it. Uh, no, I, I mean, you look at the Maple Leafs roster, and their opening night roster is not going to look that way come the trade deadline. Everybody's gone.
1: Just, you're out of here.
2: Everyone. And I don't think that they're going to score a lot of goals. Uh, their goalies aren't going to save. A whole ton of shots. I just think that they're going to be the worst team in the Atlantic Division, and then I put the Sabers above yeah, them. You
0: know, you're, I, John's probably right. He's actually talked to me like if you want to record me down as Buffalo, because I said it, that's fair. Whatever but John's actually say. convinced me.
1: Okay, so you, you would go. I'm so, totally sold. I've his got logic. my nuggets of
2: wisdom every once yeah, in a while.
0: That whole that the the Buffalo and then then or the Leafs and Buffalo. Yeah, I actually, I, and s- Buffalo. Yep. I so buy that now. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I I don't d- I don't doubt anything that you've said. I just think Mike Babcock is worth a few more wins than Dan Bilesma is.
2: Where's the dragon?
3: Where's the dragon? (laughs) What's that dragon?
2: I don't know, because Dan Bilesma is a competent coach, and he's got a much better roster with him than the Maple Leafs do. Again, low bar.
3: Mm.
2: Or a high bar.
1: There's a bar.
2: Yeah. You're either easily going over it or easily going under it? I did it I'm going to stick
1: to my guns because yeah. I've already written it. I've already put the sticky it's note in down. It's in ink. The sticky but, note is down. But you you did, yeah, just for the record, you did convince me. All right. So who's number? i oh, you. Yeah. So number six. Have uh, a tasty Yeah. Uh, <laughs> number six. Uh, who wants to start with that one?
2: I will start. This is going to be my hot take for the day. Uh, Boston Bruins, number six.
3: Ooh. Ooh.
2: I don't like anything that they did at all in this offseason. I think they got progressively worse. Uh, They still got some pieces there. But ultimately, there are better teams in the Atlantic Division than the Boston Bruins.
1: Chara's hurt to start the year on IR. Uh, Seidenberg's getting old.
2: Again, they're going to overplay Tukarask again this year. He's another one of those goaltenders that was playing close to 70 games.
1: And they don't have the goaltending depth to back him up. That's not a bad
0: pick. If if that's a hot take, then then I'm jumping in the fire with you because
2: I totally agree. I think they're a mess. It's probably a mild take to be quite honest with you, but, you know,
0: it's it it is a KFC's take a National hot chicken degree take. Ooh. That's how mild it is.
3: Yeah, okay.
1: I was torn between <laughs> Boston and I was torn between Boston and Ottawa it's because I'm I'm not terribly sure how good the Senators how much they can cuz they were they were dead in the water before we, they went on that stupid run with Hammond. Mhm. And Hammond's not going to be the goaltender next year. It's Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson's a better... Goaltender. And Hammond's
2: injured to start the season, too.
1: Right. So, for the sake of being a bit of a contrarian, I am going to go Ottawa there.
2: But I actually... I I was looking at these because a lot of these I could flip-flop back and forth, and I could agree with that where it's either yeah. the Senators or the Bruins. I went the Senators just because they've got Carlson, they've got Stone, they've got a couple of pieces there. Um, Anderson's not a bad goalie. No. He's not... The greatest goalie. Um, Andrew Hammond, you saw him when he was on point. He was on point. Uh, so I think that they're going to do a little bit better, even if it's just by one or two points than the Bruins. I honestly, I mean, we're re- rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic here. but
0: Yeah, I kind of have the same stance on Ottawa. I think they are above the Bruins.
2: Uh, I know we're going a little off format
0: here. So oh, okay, make sure you corral me as soon as you need to.
1: All right, so number fives. Senators. Senators. Senators, yeah, Senators? Ottawa. Okay. All right, so we're all in accord there. Yeah, I'm Ma- go- mainly, and part
0: of my motivation is, is, I have this building grudge against Hammond because now every time I hear his name, I want a burger, <laughs> and that's granted, that's more the fans' fault than anything else. But it's
1: not a place I want to be in. You know what this means? I like where we're going with at least uh, somewhere in the top four. One of my my my, uh, my my. Oh yeah,
2: I I know I know what you're yep, getting at. That's right. Sorry, I'm going to disappoint
1: you. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, number four, I'm going to say Florida. I don't want to. I really, really, really don't want to. But I think Florida just barely makes it, and then they don't. I think that Montreal just happens to squeak by again because of Carey Price, as much as I would love them to miss the playoffs and for Florida to get in because the poetic justice there would just be so perfect. But Florida's my number four.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, Yager number four. So smooth.
3: Yager.
1: Yeah, we're we're all in on I a mean, court.
0: Any team that's stacked to just be, like, neutral in the Atlantic this year has the recipe to make the playoffs, which is kind of sad. but
2: Right, and I could totally see Florida making the playoffs. if uh, Luongo has another good season. Ekblad, as we all know, is a defensive golden boy. It's actually, he's a lot of fun to watch. And then, of course, Yager. Barkov, Huberdeau, Bugstad, like the the, the pieces are there. Yeah,
1: the only thing Florida needs is just two more years to bake. Kind of everything bake. So, yeah.
2: Unfortunately, when you haven't made the playoffs, what once in twenty years? Well, it's a little bit long, less than that, I think.
4: I think it is less than that. But Maybe like, it's they haven't won a playoff series since twenty years, that's it. A long time.
2: But you don't really have the time for that. I mean, they the team needs it to happen now, and I could totally see it happening this season. But in my gut. Is since I want it so bad to happen that it's not going to because my life is a constant disappointment.
0: You know what my glorious perfect future looks like? It would be the Florida Panthers lifting the cup in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
3: <laughs> uh, what,
1: what's the, the the Western Conference equivalent? Of that would be Nashville raising the cup in Montreal <laughs> <laughs> or Toronto. In Inter- Toronto would be perfect. Toronto would be even better. <laughs> oh, All right, number three. I'll uh, I'll do this one. Uh, I'm going to go with Detroit. Number three. Smart man. I mean, there's kind of not really much to choose from there. I mean, Smart man. Just because I, Detroit's going to have... I mean, Datsuk's going to start the year on the IR. Um, they know they have two okay, you know, pretty okay goaltenders. Uh, the rest of the roster you just kind of worry about. But you just look at the rest of the division and you're like, well, they're better than these guys and these guys and these guys. Dude, I don't need really and specific.
2: I almost agree with that, but going back to my previous point is I have no faith in the Canadians to do anything other than let Carey Price stop the puck. So I have Montreal at number three and, jumping ahead, Red Wings number two. And again, nothing really impresses me about the Detroit roster, but I I think that as good as they aren't, Montreal is worse. I really do. Just because they don't have a whole lot to lean on, they're not going to score a whole lot of goals. I think that Galchenyuk's going to have a better year this year, especially when uh, when he's in center. Okay.
1: They're pinning a lot on that guy that will play center. Yeah,
2: and that's the thing. Like Again, having a better year does not mean that he's going to go out and blow the doors off uh, uh, the old Montreal Forum or anything like that. But I I don't have any faith in Montreal to score goals, and I think that they're going to rely too heavily on Price again this year.
1: Link, who you got at number three?
0: Uh, you no, know, I'm in that same torn spot because... You know, I, I think the only reason Detroit's up there is because Blasel is going to be... I, I think he's going to fix a lot of the problems in Detroit. He's going to play youth. He's going to do a lot of things right. But it's I think it's very much a transition year, and there's a lot of things need to repair. Their key players are uh, just... I don't think they're going to be having quite the step they need, so I think they're going to be in that third spot. But again, this is this is a weak Atlantic this year. Mm-hmm. And I I could see teams like Montreal and teams like Detroit slipping below Florida
2: even. Yeah. I, would Absolutely. I, I would could I it.
1: could see that happening. It's just one of those things we're not going to predict it, though, until we see, at least see it happen right. at some point. Even though we're making predictions yeah, right so. now. So you're going to go ahead and go with the default Montreal number two just because you... Yeah, Montreal number two. Yeah, because I think we're all in accord that the best team in this division is by far
2: TBL.
0: The, can, can, how, let's see. What's the maximum number of points you can get in the NHL in a season? So, like, what, 170? No, 164. 82
2: times 2, I guess, technically. Yeah.
0: so I mean can they finish so if you if you give them like what 50% of wins in the uh, in the west <laughs> they're gonna wait, wait, sorry I'm giving myself and too sweep much mad. the table in the Atlantic yeah they're gonna have like maximum points I mean they're, they're just gonna they're gonna wipe the Atlantic out it's gonna be like the old school days uh, before realignment when a few teams would just prey on the where uh, <laughs> uh, Washington sorry Washington would just prey on the rest of the southeast division mm-hmm. it's gonna be like that but for the Atlantic
1: it's gonna be brutal I'm all for a Tampa, Florida, playoff series. Sign me up! I will buy a ticket and go.
0: I will. I am so on that train because that means I can. I might get to see some team from Florida crush some annoying team from the West, and I would love that.
1: Or to see them crush like either a Detroit or a Montreal. That's fun. You have it. You have your arbitrary six, you know, series. I want to go with a fun series. <laughs> Atlantic versus Gulf Coast. Oh hell yeah! And the, the best thing is that both fans don't even hate Panthers fans. So it's just going to be a big party. All right, Western Conference. We're going to start with the Pacific because we're arbitrary. We're, we have to keep we, the Central to last. for Yeah, turnout.
3: absolutely. Dun dun dun. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh.
0: Who wants to pick? I mean, do we, eighth. Who's going to be in last or seventh in the in the Pacific?
1: Ooh, because this is going to be a bit of a challenge this Could year.
0: Could it be the worst team in the entire NHL? You got the
1: you got the yo. I think it might it's, be it's the worst be, team in the NHL. It's going to be. Yeah, I'm afraid so.
0: Yeah. How how here? Hand me that Arizona sticky note. that's about as far away as we can get uh, from from any ranking whatsoever
1: we're all in accord on
0: that one right if I could get up and walk to the room I'd stick it in the other room Wow, they are so bad
1: going all in for Austin Matthews
2: all in for Matthews did you see their uh, SB Nation preview Uh, their their three burning questions or like the three big questions for the year or I'm sorry it was their uh, three strengths and weaknesses number one weakness was going to be scoring goals (laughs) <laughs> Number two weakness, oh, preventing goals. goals. <laughs> it's not a very good combination when you're a sports team.
1: Uh, the the five for howling guys are probably some my some of my favorite guys. They're pretty there. great. Yeah, they got the, the Coyotes have some great bloggers. They really do. Um, but
2: unfortunately, that doesn't make their team any better.
1: No. I, how do you feel about their new uniforms, though?
2: I don't like them.
1: How oh, they're terrible, absolutely
0: terrible. They took a perfectly solid, like really sharp-looking design, very classic, very they minimalist said, too. Let's throw random crap on here and say it's new, and it just looks bad. It doesn't look good. I
1: mean, I know the whole mono, all red look, you know, wasn't great, but
2: I liked it. To be completely honest with no, you, no, no, I thought I enjoyed I, the brick, yeah. the brick red uniform. I thought they yeah. were they well, were they, classic.
1: They also matched the Arizona Cardinals, which play right across the street. They matched the Diamondbacks, so it was it was nice. Phoenix Suns, what, what the hell ever. So I did like that. We're the
2: Lakers of Arizona.
0: Yeah, foreign blue and it's the orange. saddest. It's like a really sad phrase. Yeah. It is. We're the whatever of Arizona. It's, <laughs> sad, it's just a period. It's just a sad
1: phrase altogether. Number six, uh, John. Let's start with that one.
2: I'm going off on a limb, and I'm going to say Vancouver.
1: I like this pick.
2: Yeah, uh, I really like this. the Sedins are getting older. Like, holy crap! Did you guys realize that they're pushing 35 years old now? Like, wow. I'm getting old, too. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, Ryan Miller is also getting up there in age. Uh, you look at their forward core. I love Redeem Verbata, but, I mean, he's not a he's superstar. He's also getting older. He's also getting older. He's not a superstar player. Uh, I just... like You look at their roster, and they got worse with the Brandon Press trade. Uh, I guess right now, you know, getting rid of Zach Cassian is probably a okay thing for them. But I just don't see anything about this roster that I like, and I think they overachieved last year and I think that they're going to miss the playoffs by a wide margin again this year
0: yeah I think they I think I think Vancouver's a good pick uh if for no other reason then you look at the rest of the Pacific it's not as strong as it used to be but some of the traditionally weak teams have been making steady improvements whereas Vancouver's done nothing but get a little bit worse year over year they're not a good uh, drafting they, team. They missed their window. You know, to, to John's point, the you are getting old. The weaker twin's going to be absorbed by the stronger twin any day now <laughs> and try to eke a few more years of skill out. Though no one knows which is the weaker one and the stronger one because it varies year to year. Uh, so that could that could go badly for Vancouver as well. Uh, but yeah, they're just not in a good position to be successful.
1: You look at every other team in, in the Pacific Division, and even you can you can even do the same with the rest of the West, and you could say, who is the, t- who is the number one defenseman for all of these teams? For Vancouver, it's Chris Tanev. Ugh. Yeah. That's why I'm putting Vancouver also at number number six. think <laughs> you also got Vancouver at six? Yeah. Okay.
2: What What is this? Agreeing all the time. We can't be doing this.
1: Well,
0: it's easy. I think it's easy to agree in the bad teams. We start getting yeah. variation when we get to the top. Yeah.
1: I'm going with Edmonton at number five. Good pick. Yep. Yep. Just because I, I don't...
2: McDavid, McClellan...
3: I mean, made made some things they some gonna...
1: things happen, Cam Talbot's not a you know bad goaltender, he's pretty darn good, but you know, this is his first year as a starter, you're gonna see some bumps there. Defense is still a little bit shaky. Um, I think they still have a lot of just really good parts and they don't know quite know how they fit in together. Like uh Leon Dreisidel is gonna start playing wing. Why? Why why would you do that? But okay. Um so yeah, we're all in accord on that one, Edmonton. Yep. Anyone? Can you even if you give me a reason why you wouldn't put them in any higher? Uh, defense, the defense, goal yeah, defense and goaltending. They're
2: great. still. I mean, McDavid's still young. They still got. I mean, when you throw your players in at eighteen, not talking about McDavid specifically, but talking about like Everly Hall, Nugent Hopkins. Um, Yak. Yeah, they're, they're still there's still a lot of growing that that team has to do. The players, is so and ridiculous. I yeah, I don't think that they're going to be this year's iteration of the Flames by like, hey, we were still on pace for like another two years down the road to make the playoffs and we made it this year. I think that there's still a lot of question marks and they're going to be much better, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to be that much better, but they're not going to be in the cellar anymore.
1: That leaves our top four with Anaheim, Calgary, San Jose, and the Kings. Oh, so I
2: don't know anything about this. like it's going to no. be a lot of fun. Go, go for it.
0: Okay. Fourth. Mm-hmm. Fourth. San Jose. Uh... Just a matter of they're, they've got a more complete team than the three beneath them, but they're still they're, they're in that weird, we're rebuilding but we're not rebuilding state, and they're going to do well enough, and then they need to try to trade some of their old assets who are still talented at the trade deadline. Because if you don't I, trade them now... If do you... they don't trade Thornton, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're trying to do.
2: Would... Well, first of all, so they're they're in fourth. In your mind, are they a playoff team? Is there gonna be five teams from the from the central and then yeah, the sharks yeah, are just gonna miss out? Yeah. Okay. So let's say hypothetically that they're in playoff contention by uh by the trade deadline, still get rid of Thornton?
0: You know if they're smart, then they will. If they're if they're looking to actually be successful and to win a Stanley Cup, they would do that because if they make the playoffs, they're not going to win the Stanley Cup in all likelihood. They are they're gonna be a distant they're not gonna be a fair, they're gonna be a distant shot. Because even like even if they got like a dream match, they got one of the weaker teams in the Atlantic, I still think the Atlantic is is slowly edging, or say Atlantic in the East. The East is is you know, it used to be West dominated, but it's starting to it's starting to balance out. And I and I think that the the challenge would be too much for them. I just it just seems like a waste, and probably, in reality, if they're in the playoff contention, they won't trade anything. They'll mm-hmm. do all the wrong things. Yeah, games. I mean, it's it's Wilson, so come on. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's what almost anyone would do if they're in a playoff position. They're not going to trade yeah. away their assets, but to build their franchise and do the right thing, they would they absolutely should, but they won't.
2: So, I went over and over and over this pick for so long, and I'm still not confident in it, but I'm going to go ahead, and, and uh, I'm sorry, Calgary Flans, but I'm going to pick the Calgary Flames for fourth in the Pacific reason why I'm doing that is because they rode some crazy high percentages last year. I am kind of on that train. I know that they got Dougie Hamilton. I know that they're going to be a little bit better, but I still think that they're just going to take that one step back because look at their goaltending situation.
1: I mean, Jonas Hiller is okay.
2: It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I th- I just think, and again, I could totally see them again swapping. Like I'm I'm not. At all confident in this pick at all. This is just my gut feeling that they're gonna go fall to fourth.
1: But I'm gonna throw a flag on you with this one. Okay. You have uh, you like San Jose's goaltending better than Calgary's. Yes. You like Martin Jones, who's I, well, like.
2: Well, I will. I'll say this. Okay, I I like San Jose's coaching a little bit better than I do Calgary's. Because you look at what Pete DeBoer did getting New Jersey to the Stanley Cup Finals with a, not, I don't want to say a similar roster, but you look at where he had Kovalchuk, he had Parise, he had these good players there in his system, Um, and you look at San Jose's roster, they've got Pavelski, they've got Thornton, they've got all these people. Um, Yeah, and again, Martin Jones is a big question mark, and I would absolutely uh, not be shocked at all if San Jose misses the playoffs by a wide margin. But this is just my gut, and I'm going with it.
1: Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go. Yeah, I had Calgary there number two as well. Or, pardon, number um, four. four before as well, which might, that arbitrarily makes me San Jose with number three. Just I think that they're better than Calgary, and I think that this team knows that the there's not a whole lot of sand left at the top half of the hourglass. And uh, I think it's going to be a bit more desperation, knowing that they're just not entitled to automatically make the playoffs, that... There, you know, you can't just be like the LA Kings and coast into the playoffs. Yeah, and
2: I think that'll be good for them this year too.
1: Yeah, so I, I think they're going to see the more desperation with them. Um, and you know what? Yeah, let's say fine. Martin Jones may say he has a good year. Why not? Stranger things have happened. Uh, Link. who do you got? Number three. I have the Flames.
0: I, I, I think the quality of their defense, plus uh, competent goaltending from Jonas Hiller, is going to get them a lot farther than people would expect. Uh, they might struggle a little bit in the goal scoring side of things, but I think that's what makes them a borderline because they' they they're sort of like a, a, a Chris Mason back National Predators team from a few years ago.
2: And that's exactly why I had so much trouble making this pick because you look at what they what their roster was like at the end of last year and they did all that stuff without Giordano. They did it you know riding some high percentages and then they go in they're getting Giordano back. Uh, I think Brody is going to be out for, uh, little be out bit, for right? a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, but not too terribly long. But then they bring in Hamilton and then, then Gaudreau, Monahan, uh, all these players. Uh, I guess uh, Bennett's going to be playing full time for them this year, um, unless they've decided differently. But you you look at all these players, and that yes, they absolutely could buck the trend and actually be a very good team this year. So
0: I also don't bet against the Swiss. Never.
1: <laughs> we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. So that leaves the More two Swiss. teams in the Valley for um, for number one and two. Um, Just kind of looking around the room. I'm pretty sure we're all going to go Kings and then Ducks. right? Well,
2: actually, I had Kings number three. You had Kings number we didn't three. Didn't yeah. number
0: three. Yeah. We didn't do his number three. We didn't
1: do his number three. You sure? Yeah. We did not.
2: I've got it on my little piece of paper really? right so here. Really? you go the Sharks above the Kings? I'm going to the Sharks above the Kings.
1: I could have swore you said the Sharks oh, right above. The- I missed that. Yeah, everyone missed that.
2: No, you asked me if, if I thought that the Sharks were going to be better than the Flames, and technically two is above four. So I did answer you oh, correctly. Oh, that's you got confused. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm sorry that you had to move all your sticky notes now, Dan. Um, Proceed. No, I just, again, not 100%, but I, I think that the Kings are going to get back into the playoffs again this year, but I don't think that they... They really need to win the division. I don't think they have it to win the division, and I don't think it's going to matter with them. Um, that that's about all I got.
1: So, what's the before we go before we get links number two? Why would you go San Jose above LA?
2: Kind of what I mentioned before is as far as like the coaching that they have. Um, I liked the pickups of Joel Ward. Uh, I'm not super huge in on Paul Martin, but I think that they, that's going to help the defense for them a lot because uh, they got Brent Burns they got uh, Vlasic back there as well um, I just have that gut feeling where they're going to be a little bit better and not as much of a tire fire this year uh, which I'm sorry Sharks fans that's your death knell that means that you're going to miss the playoffs
1: oh, no it's going to be worse they're going to have to play LA in a six game series with games uh, <laughs> game sixes in Los Angeles uh, Link number two LA yeah why I'm with you that's on That's all I'm with you on uh I'm with you on that. I think they bounce back just uh, they're gonna get back to doing what they do and that's just beasting poor people. You know. That top their top line is just gonna be it's gonna be massive and move people off the puck. Their second line is gonna be massive and they're gonna move people off the puck. And, oh hey, like Jeff Carter's got some still has his, his friends hanging around too. Um they're gonna miss Jarrett Stoll. They're gonna miss um they're gonna miss him I think more than they when they give himself credit, but they can uh, at least, uh, you know, they at least have some depth. So, I like the idea of them. Uh, I like the idea of them taking the regular season a little bit more serious. But they don't have to win the division. Um,
2: no, because we all know who's going to win the division. No,
1: because Anaheim takes the regular season way too serious, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to a Bruce Boudreaux-goached hockey team. Anaheim takes everything too seriously. Everything.
4: Broadway that's songs. that's why
0: Jar doesn't write for the uh, Maine Ducks blog. That's why he writes for Battle of California now, because <laughs> he does, he doesn't take well. It's Jar. He's special.
1: I like him. I really eee. Do. This is
0: moments. <laughs> Sorry, we have, we have a much longer history because he used to be associated with the Up the Pucks folks when I when I first started podcasting. I like him. I I do too. We just we just um have different perspectives on how to interpret
1: the English language. Period. <laughs> Brings us to the Central Division. Um I've seen several different winners in this except for like I haven't seen anybody pick Minnesota or Dallas to win the division this year, which is probably and I
2: game. can tell you that I did not do either of those things
1: It's probably the wisest move number seven i'll uh I'll get us started
0: maybe maybe before you get us started do, do you happen to think that our responses will just be like an avalanche of similarity? That
3: yeah,
0: that the team in the bottoms is caught in some sort of snow drift of some sort? Yeah, because it does get pretty snowy in Winnipeg.
3: Ooh. Ooh.
2: Nice try.
0: Well, I mean, er, I mean, Dan... Has I to mean, he's wrong. His, I mean, he's super wrong, yeah, but, but
1: <laughs> you know, way to go. Your starting goaltenders are Andre Pavlik and Michael Hutchinson. Your defense is Dustin Bufflin, who's pretty good, but I he's don't... He's excellent. He's he's pretty excellent. good.
2: He's excellent at being a jackass.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, but it's still excellent as a defenseman. I like the idea that even though I know Colorado didn't really improve, I think they were had a. They good, got worse. They got worse, but I also think they got some. They had some bad luck in the last year. They Plus, really didn't. They they <laughs> actually
0: they 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 ran out of all the good luck from the prior year.
1: I think that they'll score more goals than the Winnipeg Jets will. I don't think the Winnipeg Jets have the center depth to be able to contend in this division. And that's why I'm picking them last. So I'm pretty sure you two both beat Colorado. Though. We
2: did. I, <laughs> I'm guessing. I mean, just from the, from the illusions that Link over here was making. Carl Soderberg, five years.
1: Poor man's Ryan O'Reilly. Oh,
2: God. <laughs> Francois Beauchemin.
1: Hey, dude, I got the greatest hits of the Rolling Stones. Really? Are you sure? No, 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 no Sorry, it's Aerosmith.
2: So they got Eric Johnson is their number one. And then what? Beauchemin's right there, number two, number three. Something along those lines.
1: Brandon Gormley is going to be in their second pairing. Shame spiral with, with uh, Tyson Barry.
2: Yeah. Uh, so no. He's,
1: I mean, I don't. I'm not going to doubt anything you guys are saying. I just somehow think that, that that the Winnipeg Jets will have one or two more points than them. Just and people
0: somehow think that Donald Trump could be in president. I mean, people think things all the time.
1: Who do you have for? Uh, <laughs> that was Dan's moving six. on
0: voice. Yeah.
2: Uh, number six, Winnipeg. I have Dallas. Oh, look at that!
1: Where's the dragon?
2: I've got Winnipeg for the same reasons that you you put earlier, okay. but just not as bad as Colorado.
0: Explain why Dallas? G- giant asterisks. In my opinion, you could basically take the rest of the the central, take as though they were dice, throw them into a little yachty cup, shake it, and smack it down. Just be like, that's how it's going it's to like come out. Like central
3: plinko, almost. Yeah,
0: it does it. Frankly, these picks don't matter. <laughs> uh, it is going to be ridiculous. I, I think Dallas, though, is going to be in the bottom of the stack, ultimately. I just... You know, they're going to have issues in goaltending. Not that they have two bad goaltenders, but I think the degree of rotation you're going to see is going to end up hurting them, uh, because they won't have a starter, even though they have two guys who I think are capable of being starters. Uh, and I just, I'm just, i still not quite sold in their defense. I think they're going to score a ton of goals, but I've got... It, they're sort of like Pittsburgh, but I have bigger questions around uh, the goaltending.
2: See, I think their goaltending... I mean, it can't be... Worse than last year, it just it just can't. Like there there's al- almost no way, and that's me trying to goad it into being worse than last year. Um, but I don't, I I think that the one two punch is going to be okay for a second, and then finally one of them is going to go out. Whether it's in uh, I I'll just say it's going to be in that rises himself above and gets majority of the starts as the season goes on. Uh, but I think that. They're gonna score a lot of goals and their defense, yeah, is not good. But I think that it's not gonna be the worst thing in the world. So I don't I don't see them as number number six. Who do you have as number five? Number five I've got the wild. Ooh. Because we mentioned it earlier. I don't like their center depth at all. I am banking for Devin Dumnik regression twenty fifteen. I just I think that the what he did last year, he's probably a much better goaltender than he was when he was in Edmonton but I don't think that what we saw uh, for the last you know 20 or so games last season is indicative of his play so I think that he's gonna be a monster reason why they slipped down a little bit
0: I, I think that's great logic I, mean, I, I have to I agree with that pick I like Minnesota um, coming into that spot. It just makes a lot
2: of sense, yeah. and He's, they're not going to score a lot of goals.
0: Y- y- they should find they should be able to, but they just don't seem to be able to put it together.
1: Mikeyo, is this? I mean, Mikeo could be one, could be an answer to like the who's going to get fired first? Mm-hmm. Because if this team is, is struggling to score goals, and it's a lot easier to fire the coach than it is to find a starting goaltender,
2: right? You know, especially when you just sign.
1: Especially when when you have the goaltender contracts that they have. Let's not forget they have Nicholas Backstrom still on contract too. So yeah, I like Minnesota at number five. I think that's a I think that's a good pick. I'm gonna go with that one as well. Hooray! Uh, I went with Dallas as my number four, just because I really, for a lot of the same reasons you guys mentioned, I just think they're gonna score more goals than Minnesota.
3: That's yeah.
1: that's the only thing I could, I really have to base it off of.
2: Yeah, I went Chicago number four. Uh, the reason why I went Chicago number four is because uh, the roster turnover from this past uh, Stanley Cup run. Uh, I think that's gonna impact them a little bit more than people think. Uh, I think uh, that they're still gonna be good. Um, but then of course, you know there's uh, I also put a little bit of wiggle room in there for the uh, Patrick Kane situation maybe possibly because um, if they lose him for any time at all, uh, I'm just not I'm just not gonna get into that. but I think that the the roster turnover is gonna hurt them a little bit more because um, they got some new pieces in there and I see them being number four.
0: This is this is where I'm struggling because you know, not thinking about any sudden deductions from Chicago's roster. Uh, I don't think they're that low. I, I would honestly put Nashville at number four. And I, you guys are probably terrified that I haven't said Winnipeg yet in this in this segment.
1: A little bit.
2: I didn't even notice. I thought you said that they were uh, lower than that. That awkward silence is I us just, just like looking at them. I don't know.
0: I just it, it's it's less about the predators and more about the other teams. I, Winnipeg has been on the rise. I think they're gonna they're gonna keep rising. They're they're not gonna like win the division or anything, but I I think that it's gonna be so tight. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a matter of a couple points either way. And I'm just giving the Winnipeg an edge just because they seem to loathe the Predators to such a degree that I think that that loathing pushes them above. They're going to win by hate, and I don't like that.
1: I don't like that at all. All right, John, who do you have for number three?
2: Uh, I have the stars, number three. Uh, I was bullish on them last year. It came to bite me in the ass. Uh, I'm still a little bit bullish on them because I don't think that they're going to be as bad um, as far as defense and goaltending as some people give them credit for. Uh, But it is going to be a problem, and I think that they're going to do well enough and they're going to score enough goals and, uh, you know, just be an – overall okay team enough to get to three in the central, which I know overall okay three in the central is actually much better in the NHL than a lot of other teams, but I think that they can do it, and I could totally see them getting number three in the division.
1: I'll I'll go and do my number three, because I I can't wait to hear what you have. Um, I'm going to go with Chicago number three, just because, again, they they don't need to win the regular season crown. They're going to have a lot of young players, and they're going to get better as the year goes on. I think they may stumble out of the gate a little bit just with all the static that's around this team right now, and uh, yeah, just that you know we see it all the time with where teams that win the cup they usually start off slow because they played more hockey than everybody else. And
2: also, it doesn't matter in the regular season; they just want to get in the playoffs again. Yeah,
1: offer now, develop with Tampa Bay just because they don't have the travel to deal with, and plus, look at their division. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Link number three: Winnipeg by hate, as I mentioned earlier. Just,
0: just that just hate, just hate. Are they the new Wild?
1: Where they're
2: extremely boring to watch?
1: And, no, with, and no. with no real top-line center? They're not the wild.
0: They're, they're not the wild. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're not the wild.
2: I just don't see Winnipeg with their goaltending situation there. I I don't see them number three. No, I don't. I but
1: don't see them. No, I don't. Um, that's
2: okay. <laughs> I mean, you guys are wrong, so. Uh, the,
0: the, like I said, this, the Central Division, look, any of the teams in the top five, I think, are separated by a matter of a couple points here or there. Mm-hmm. So... I mean these could be I mean I could see any team I name drop as low as fifth. Oh easily. yeah, absolutely. At I could see any of these teams
2: like just drop out of the playoffs oh, too yeah. if you I mean if you stumble once, that's I, it.
0: yeah, I'm pick I'm giving you an order because we have to give an order for the format. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> that's how this works. It's, it no. doesn't make any but it, it's it's yeah, it's like taking letters and putting them in numerical order. You just can't do it.
1: I'm gonna go with Nashville with my number two. Uh same way I had I had with our written predictions. I think this team's going to get better as the year goes on. I think they're going to, they're going to, they're still going to score, but I think they're they're going to have all the trouble filling out their lines to start with. I think the power play picks up though, and they at least get a secure number two spot. They just miss out in the division.
2: I went back and forth on this uh, when I was making the predictions for our piece last week, um, and again, not at all confident in my pick. But I'm going to go with St. Louis number two. Uh, the reason why I say that is because. Uh, they won the division last year. Uh, they're still pretty much the same team, uh, although they've got, again, that, that big question mark hiding over their heads as far as the goaltending goes and as far as their coaching goes because Ken Hitchcock's on a one-year deal. Uh, he seems to have outstayed his welcome a little bit, at least from the fans that are looking there. Um, and you have to wonder if the messages might be get, be getting stale in the room also. Um, so you were talking about Mike Yo being on the hot seat, one of the people first to fire. I think if the blues stumble out of the gate hitch just gone. Uh, so I think that they stumble a little bit, but overall, I mean, there's they're the blues. They're still gonna be really good. I could totally see them winning the division, but I've got them number two.
0: Chicago. Uh, they're not gonna push that hard for the division title, like it's not their style. Uh, and I really think uh, Quinnville is just gonna keep out
1: coaching people in the central. All right, well, that means that you have the Blues winning the division.
0: I get, I'm trying to stick to my predictions from the uh, the blog.
1: You have the Predators winning the division. I have the Blues winning the division. Why does Nashville win the division this year?
2: Uh, I think that with, they didn't have a lot of roster turnover this year, which is a big thing. I think their power play is going to be a little bit better, mostly just because it has to be. Um I think that they're going to get more contributions from their third line than they did last year because last year they were crazy top heavy. Um and I don't think Pecarini is going to be as good, but he's still going to be Pecorine, and he's still going to be good. And I think that with another year of LaVulette there, um he's going to have a, you know, he's going to be doing his thing where he's got there's some stability behind the bench. The players know what to expect from the team? They know where to be on the ice. They know what their roles are, um, and that's going to go through before his message gets stale and he overworks his team, and he ultimately gets fired, like he did in Carolina and Philadelphia.
1: I don't think he's. I don't think I think his message still has a few more years to go with this because this is an older group that wants to work hard, whereas yeah, still, I was just having a bunch of kids I, that you have to make work hard.
0: I do want to make one point about the Laviolette turnover and the message. Neither Carolina nor Philadelphia were well-run teams, in my opinion. The Flyers, in particular, were very poorly. Oh, yeah. Until, I mean, for the past... Well, that was a surprise. Well, I remember that, years, yeah. For the past eight years, they've been such a poorly-run team that I don't think his message wasn't received because there wasn't a team there to really receive the message. And anytime he could get something going, they would just pull the rug out from under him. The Flyers, for years, have been win now, win now, win now. And... When he came into the organization, they weren't built to win now, and they but they almost won,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which kind of created this false situation, false flag. But that's a different conversation altogether.
2: Yeah, and that wasn't to say that you know he's going to get to Can next year because he, again, uh, we've talked about this plenty of times before. You look at the contracts that they have set up. Uh, you know, two three years from now, they're almost going to be relatively the same team. You know, with a couple of other like new new kids going in there. But that's why I think that this is the Predators' year. I'm making a homer pick. I think that they break the 16 years, no banners.
1: The amount of, I mean, the way I've arranged these is just actually doing an arbitrary score that I make. Um, you know, the lowest score means the higher-ranked team. And uh, I'm going to put this out on our account. Uh, it's pretty interesting little uh, the cl- how close the central teams are compared to each other compared to the, uh, the rest of the teams around. Well, yeah, I mean, a- any team in that cluster of
0: five... Could win or lose the division. Could make or not make the playoffs. It is going to be incredibly tight this year.
1: So, with that in mind, um, let's dive into it. Five tough questions or roaring finale. Oh know. boy! Yeah, he, he, John. Okay, John. 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 New here. All right. He, he he makes a he makes a bold statement out there. Let me let me quote you here on this. I know I don't typically send this out on like the pre on the.
0: Oh God! Yeah, what did I do? He's reading emails.
3: I'm
1: reading emails. I'm, I'm exposing the emails. Where'd you say you said something like you know that you were going to be? Where'd you say it at? I, I know you were clowning the five tough questions earlier. Let me find where you said, John. What, what did you say? Just to make it easier.
2: I don't remember. What are you talking? Dude, about? I can part out my Mark, email. Mark if here you want. for editing in post. Yeah.
0: Uh, he said something along the lines of contributing to the five of the questions to help or, or to go to the Twitter to get to help with the five questions. And I think my <laughs> response was, no, Dan is
2: already plotting something evil. See, Just here's, wait. Here's what you did, though, because the reason I said that is because you're like, oh, my God, I'm so busy at work. I don't have any time to do anything. And then the an email lying. you sent me, here's... Here's our five tough questions. One, blank. Two, blank. Three, blank. So I was like, oh, maybe he hasn't had time yet to come up with any of these.
0: He's, there's a, he's, he has this bowl full of some sort of black tar-like substance, and it bubbles. And from that bubbling bowl of tar, slips of paper float to the top. And there's where he gets the five tough questions. Sometimes they're tough. Other times they're like, like cotton candy. And that's when we strike.
1: And we're on number one. We said it. We we'll it to it a little bit during our predictions. In honor of today being the first day where an NFL coach was fired, an EPL coach was fired. Joe Philbin of the Dolphins, Brendan Rodgers of Liverpool.
2: Yeah, you you got your little Dolphins T-shirt on right now.
1: I'm not a Dolphins fan.
2: Well, it's got the Dolphins colors on it.
1: It does. I never realized. That. No, yeah. it's more. Sorry, of a it more wasn't an actual red. Dolphins. That's t-shirt, more of a red. Yeah. it's more of a red.
2: Uh, looks orange from over here. Who was going does. to?
1: Be, who was most likely to be the first NHL coach fired this year?
2: Give me a second to run through all of them. My little rolodex. Popular
1: candidates include, and not limited to, Mike Yo, Ken Hitchcock, uh, whoever's coaching the Flyers, Baruby Haskell, Haskell. Oh, Haskell. Hey, oh, he's oh, so not following. Yeah, not, he's brand new. Again. I say Haskell. It's like Haxel. it's cards. It's a <laughs> knee-jerk reaction. Flyers fire coach. thought <laughs> Michelle Terryan could be in that list too. I mean, he should have been fired, but there's only so many.
0: French-Canadian coaches out there, you have to be really careful who you fire.
1: Gay Boucher. The bond villain. <laughs> he is a Bond villain.
2: He had a huge scar. just yeah. like right across. Uh, who's coaching Pittsburgh right now? They seem like a prime candidate. Is it still...
1: Um, Mike Johnson? Is, is it still name? Johnson? Yeah, I believe so, as far as I know.
2: That's what happens when you take a couple months break from hockey. You forget everything.
1: Especially with a name like that. Too. No,
0: Plus, I never remember half the coaches in the league. I mean,
2: Well, especially in the Metro, and they're all the same.
0: <laughs> I kind of want to say, and and this is a little bit funky, but I feel I feel like at any given moment, Dallas' season can go really badly for no appreciable reason, and they'll fire Lindy Ruff because of it, even if he doesn't deserve it. I could just see that that being a thing that happens because Dallas may go into panic mode very easily. They may be very sensitive to that, though I don't think Lindy Ruff will deserve it if it happens.
2: I'm gonna go kind of what we mentioned before and go with O just because a lot of the other people that come to my mind um like I guess you could you could almost put Willie Desjardins in there in Vancouver. I feel that like could be a candidate But I f- he feels more like a uh off season. To me, I guess. But I would not be surprised if he was canned in the middle of the season either. Uh, but the other candidates I'm thinking of are Elaine Vigneault. But he's he's going to get... That's an off-season can if I ever, if I ever saw one.
0: Because is, is I'm thinking knee-jerk versus rebuild. Right. Like, very clearly, Vancouver has to be in a rebuild-type mentality. Right. You don't just fire a rebuild coach in the middle of the season. There's right. no benefit to that. Okay. Dallas shouldn't be in a rebuild, and so it seems perfectly they'd fire a perfectly good coach...
2: Because yeah, I'm going to go with Mike Yo, just because of what I mentioned when we were talking about the teams. As far as the Wild not being nearly as good as some people are saying they're they're going to be, and not being as good as they should be.
1: Also, who's a rock star candidate that would be out there to replace him? I don't see it. Like there's no. Bilesma way. got picked up. Bilesma got picked
3: up. Mike Keenan. Oh, <laughs> iron Mike Keenan. <laughs> that's, my, that's
1: my default answer for all those coaching questions. The guy who's destined to coach the Minnesota Wild. I'm going to go with Yo. Gibiche. No, he, he's destined to coach the, the Habs. No, he, yeah, Andre really. Villas-Boas. <laughs> he,
0: he needs a new job somewhere. Probably.
1: He, he, actually, he could be an enforcer. He,
0: he's, he's, he's been fighting referees. He could do it. Martin y'all.
1: Number two. Um... <laughs> Narrow joke time. Dan and Chris talk soccer. <laughs> Number two. Uh, earlier this summer, they, uh, we had our tournament, and Martin's Barbecue won the our favorite place to eat in Nashville. It was a rigorous tournament. lasted multiple weeks but everyone's got their own personal favorites. I uh, had no clue what was going on with that. What I is is your no idea what was going on with that competition. What is your favorite place to eat in Nashville?
0: My favorite place to eat in Nashville? That is a ridiculous question. Um, Does it have to be just one?
1: Your Whoa. favorite place to eat in Nashville. My favorite...
0: See, that's...
2: <sighs> Not to be confused with the best place to eat in no, Nashville.
1: it is your favorite place.
2: I love... Love... Going to the Hop Stop in East Nashville.
1: I've, never, got, even, I've never even had food
2: there. They're, I mean, it's it's bar food. They've got some, uh, I guess, what you would consider gourmet hot dogs with you know they're loaded with a bunch of stuff. And but I mean they're hot dogs, but like some of them have guacamole and black beans and nacho cheese and stuff like that on them. Their subs are okay, uh, but their beer is amazing. I love going there, getting like three high-gravity beers and a hot dog and boom walking back home
0: yeah uh, so this is a really really difficult question for me um because i'm gonna the placement name it's probably just my favorite place to go and just hang out with a couple friends of mine and we do we used to do it regularly unfortunately couple moved away now um, and that's Wild Cow in East Nashville, the vegan restaurant. It's very good. Um, I re- it's it's good food. It's not. It's obviously not my favorite food. It's not my my favorite restaurant. But I really like. I just like going. The atmosphere, there. yeah. Um, and just you can hang out and ha- and have some good food. And they've got some decent, unusual like unfiltered ginger ale, which is super, super good.
2: Yeah, and again, you yeah, can see like I have, I, w- have, I wouldn't even rate this as like one of the top restaurants in Nashville, even like top twenty or something like that, but. Uh, same idea with the atmosphere oh. as ten sixteen because I don't
0: great great for watching sports yeah ten sixteen great and they got a sports. good they got
2: good beers uh, I, uh my roommate uh used to be roommates with the head chef there uh, their I, food's good actually I've had their
0: the only the thing
4: there's
2: the
0: fried pickles um the only thing I've eaten there
2: no oh, well I mean you really can't go wrong their food it, it, it's not going to blow you out of the water firefly, uh, if
0: you haven't been the firefly grill that's actually another one of my favorite spots. Um, it's kind of outside the core kind of foodie circuit, but they do a nice job, really low-key, but the, the food is, is executed really well, uh, and they do some fun things. Um, I mean, I've eaten it actually a couple times, and that's you can't compare that to anything in the city. Um, it's unbelievable. Because, uh, I mean, there's like 14 answers to this. If I want exactly. pizza, if I want pizza yeah. DeSano's is where I'm going hands down. There's no better pizza in the city outside of DeSano's. Anyone who tells you otherwise doesn't really know what they're talking they the
1: about. Only e- they the only place to make the Eater 18. It was the only pizza place to make the Eater 18. Um, See, most of
2: the time I just eat beer, so I just go to places with a very good beer <laughs> yeah, selection. Like the
0: calories are easier to eat. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, so many great places in Nashville.
1: It's, my it's, place, uh, if I'm going to just go favorite places to go, this is probably just easy to get to, and um, I know it, I know it's going to be awesome every time I go is ML Rose. The ML Rose I've actually have, never been to ML Rose. The ML Rose it's in West Nashville is made of an old like garage, so it has like a muffler chandelier. I know, this is like. Apex Dan Bradley right here. When
2: we should go. I've got a chip for a free beer.
1: I have like three of those things. I never freaking bring them. All right, number three. We've done our we've done our list here. Talk about food more. Number three, I'm out of so all hungry. of the picks that you made, which one is most likely to disappoint you?
2: Oh boy.
1: You Dan, you disappoint me.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to say the Capitals because that's a given.
1: I mean, you're basing it off of your own picks, so I mean, of course, if the Nashville Predators you know finish fourth, it'd be disappointing to us, but. Dis- they were going big. As far as disappointing you, as far as you picked them to win the division, or you picked them to be number two or number three, they didn't make it. They let you down.
2: I've got two that I think could be massively disappointing, but number one probably would be the Sharks, number two, in the Pacific. I could absolutely, Then we talked about this in length earlier, but I could absolutely see them just falling flat on their asses, not making it out of the gate, start selling people off, my dream is for that to happen so that newly minted captain Joe Pavelski could be the one C that Nashville needs. <laughs> I love him so I much. I
1: love him so much.
0: Uh, I, I think I've kind of got two as well. Um, one, I, I, Montreal being as high as I have him ranked... Um, I think that could be problematic, and, and they are
2: very at risk of dropping.
0: And then I think I really undervalue the Islanders and their play. I do. I think I undervalue the Islanders.
2: See, I think I overvalue the Islanders. I, again, have them for number one in the Metro, and considering where they're starting with uh, Thomas Hickey out and Jaroslav a lockout and I could totally see them slipping to as much as a wild card in that Metro. So I would say the Sharks number two in the Pacific and Islanders number one in the Metro are going to be my most disappointing predictions.
1: St. Louis worries me a little bit, just because they I, don't worry
2: me. They're cursed. I'm not superstitious, but I do know they're <laughs>
1: cursed. <laughs> no. I, I I do think that uh, missing Oshi is going to be missing Oshi is a big deal for them because Troy Brower isn't near isn't as diverse as as Oshie is. And sounds like the start of a Wes Anderson movie. Missing Oshi, pretty much. I mean, even though their goaltenders are doing like a like a bro country tour, <laughs> Jake Allen, Brian Elliott. That's not a bro country duo. Should be. sounds like it actually Yeah, that's what he said. I know, I know. (laughs) With special (laughs) guest, Brian Elliott. Number four. This year, the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to have Sidney Crosby, Phil Kessel, and Chris Kunitz on one line with Malkin, David Perron, and Patrick Hornquist likely on their second line. Does this team score more goals than any team since the lockout? Or at least come close?
2: I think Dallas is going to give them a run for their money. But, yeah. Well... How many goals did they score since the lockout? Because I don't think that that's going to happen because scoring overall has gone down. Do we have a figure on how many teams? You wrote this question? Yes, I did. And, and didn't provide the figure? I don't. For them? Mm-hmm. Okay. No. No. Um,
1: I kind of served a softball hot take. And yeah, you guys are gonna yeah, sorry. Is it's the Dragon or not.
2: No, I, I need to get better. I'm not a very good hot takesmith right now. I'm a, I wouldn't even say that I'm a hot takes apprentice. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, scoring overall has gone down in the NHL, and I just, I mean, you look at Crosby had, what, like 88 points last year, 84 points, and led, or I'm sorry, uh, Ben, and led the league in that, so I don't think that they're going to score nearly as many goals as what happened out of the lockout.
3: Yeah,
1: I've already found the question, but John's right. Yeah. <laughs> I- I'm wondering if, like, the really, if the truly great players in the league are paying more attention to playing defense than in years past. I think I, I think you have an issue with goaltenders getting bigger.
0: Um, defensemen playing a more proactive style of hockey, which is making it more difficult ultimately, I think, on the forwards, because the defensemen are actually trying to play the puck and make plays with the puck and not just flop around the ice and shove people and poke sticks at things. They're trying to make stuff happen. And I think that makes a bigger impact. Uh, than anyone's really noted so far. But and you
2: also have less, you know, grinders and goons out there. So you are really playing against four skilled hockey players yeah. out there that makes it the ice a lot tougher to get.
0: I, I, it's somewhat ironic that the increasing skill level due to the fighters and grinders leaving is making it more difficult to score points. And that's kind of cool because it makes the action theoretically more exciting. Mm-hmm. More like
1: soccer almost. Final question. I'm just going to get a reaction to John now. Final question. <laughs> So, we're all in agreement that Nashville, if Nashville's going to win the Cup this year, they need to upgrade their top-line center, shift her barrel down to the number two position, and then...
0: And out of town, and into the ocean, and underneath to the off
1: court. Season, but yeah. Um, Anytime, really. So, my question's this, and I, I had a very lengthy explanation with it. I'm just going to give it to you straight. Who is the worst center that's going to be available this year? And I say worst in a in a relative term because the guy they're going to trade for is probably not going to suck. Who is the uh, the lowest talented guy that Nashville can win the cup with at the top line center position?
0: Uh, the, the, I'll be honest um, with the way hockey works: Ribeiro or Fisher. They could win the cup with those guys. It's it. They, they absolutely could. Um, it, it's one of those things that's, that's fairly unique to hockey is you have that huge random factor. Especially and, if
2: Pecker gets hot at the right time, yeah, defense does, does I, its thing.
0: They could certainly make trades a center to improve the team notably. I mean, you get a number one center, drastic, drastic, instant improvement, but they could win the cup with those guys. I mean, we saw Carolina win a cup, and they had, their team was terrible. So, I mean, they absolutely could do it with with, with the guys they have now, but they're not helping themselves really do you? through that process
2: no and I don't know offhand who's available or who would be available to go but I mean even getting someone like Eric Stahl with his gigantic gigantic contract and obviously he's in his decline but you know I think we talked about this in the comment section a week or so ago like is his decline personal or is that more team-based I think that you could make a case for both um but Yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with Link. Winning a cup with Ribeiro and Fisher is like astronomical odds. But they could do it without upgrading. But, I mean, let's be real. If they want to do something, they need to upgrade their center position.
1: So, where I'm wondering, the question was more aimed at is, where's the line? Like, if you were, I know David Backus won't be traded to Nashville because he plays in St. Louis. No Ryan
2: Kessler but mm-hmm.
1: where but where's the line is it you have to be if Nashville's going to get a center to make them the odds on favorite would it be someone as talented as Eric Stoll or less would it be Kopitar or less because Kopitar's not getting traded we got LA freaking nearly winning the division this year they're not trading Kopitar uh, Tampa's not not trading Stamkos that's
0: not happening my ultimate feeling is that any team who is not making the playoffs who's going to be looking to trade Unless they have an aging full aging center, there's not a move to be made. So you're looking at a very small collection of guys. You're looking at Stall. You're looking at maybe Thornton on the outside chance, something like that. There's not a lot of great choices. Yeah, but
2: you're not looking at Giroux. Like even though Philly is going to oh, yeah. be on no, the outside, no, no, no. he's no, no not
0: true. Mm-hmm. Um Because anyone who's got a center who's below the age of 32 is probably not going to be available. Mm-hmm. And those are all the guys who are going to be in the a lot of these teams in the bottom are working their way up or they're full of young talent and they're playing a lot of young guys at center and they're not guys the guys that are trying to build a team around.
1: I'm not sold on Nazem Kadri being a huge upgrade.
0: Well, also, I also think Kadri's going to be available. Um I mean Babcock just today said that he was dreading Oh, am I'm, I'm going to embellish it but he was he was kind of he was nervous going in to, to, to for Kadri. Um because he just he had heard all these stories, all these things about him and then he met the kid and he's like he's actually a, he's actually a good kid. I, I think I was wrong about him. I think I expect big things out of him. You don't say that if you if you anticipate trading him. I, I think he's going to be a part of the rebuild. process. Well,
2: I mean, not at the same time. The coach doesn't make the roster decisions as far as like who comes in and who comes <laughs> you see out. This, the Shanahan getting on the, on the yeah, yeah, coaching today. I it's, mean, Babcock was probably like. Just in the corner grinding his teeth. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, uh, if you know Shanahan thinks that shipping Kadri out for something is going to benefit his team, he's going to be there. But I'm in the same way. Like, was a, there was a uh, article recently talking about how Bozak might be available. <laughs> Nozak ah, no no to Bozak. Nozak to Bozak,
0: you 2016. Mean, we're talking about somehow going to upgrade his center, right? Yeah, exactly. What about, like, a David crutchy?
1: It doesn't, I mean... You know, Sargent
2: actually... He goes f- in and out. Uh, he's he's all aboard the David Krejci. Wrote national about that table. last year, and mm-hmm. I think
1: people clowned him a little bit for it. But looking at Boston's roster, they should have made that move. Oh, probably, <laughs> yeah. They probably should have try to move him. They should have moved Chara too, but that's a whole other. Story. Uh, you can't move Chara; he's too big. Nothing goes over my Ta-da. head. <laughs> I will catch it.
0: I'm trying to lower
1: standard thing of the show. Yeah. <laughs> right, we
3: do.
0: Womp 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 womp.
3: Perfect.
1: All right, well, that closes the book on this one. Uh, oh, bonus question, uh, just real quick. You can just give me yes or no answers. Um, so four main centers that are all going to be unrestricted free agents at the end of the year. Stamkos, Kopitar, Stahl, Bacchus. What are the odds that all four guys finish the years with their teams? That's the yes. <laughs> you, you, no? <laughs> what? I'm confused. You said yes or no question. What did you ask? No question. Ask uh, it again. Okay, well. Because nah, that was not a yes or no, <laughs> no question. What Do all guys? Do all four guys finish the year with their teams? No, no. What are the odds that uh, they do?
2: See, um, Stamkos 100%, Kopitar 100%, uh, Bacchus 80%, yeah, 80%, and then stalled say like 40%. I'm
0: going to go a little bit higher and say 60% just because his contract's tough.
1: I'm going to go lower and say like 25% because I think you'll find somebody to take it. I think so too. That
0: poor team, I feel sorry for him. Uh,
1: It's only for a few
2: months. So. It's going to be sorry for the Nashville Predators at the 2016 trade deadline.
1: They'll live with it. I love Kelly Arncrook and all, but, you know, I'll live with that too. All right. Anything else before we close the book on this one? That looks delicious.
3: That looks delicious.
1: You can find him on Twitter at jgarcia 36 You can find the other guy on Twitter at 3DLink. You can follow the show at OnTheForeCheck. You can follow myself at Dan D. Bradley. Boy, you can...
2: I'm the well-behaved one now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have turned over a new leaf.
2: Look, just because I'm taking a bite of a tasty cake. Made in Philly. Made in Philly. It's
1: the first time John's enjoyed something made in Philadelphia in a long time. He's ago. enjoyed my... Well, no, I'm from New Jersey. I was born New Jersey. I'm not from new
0: enjoys my company but, you
3: know.
2: I'm actually really regretting this now <laughs> but I'm gonna eat it because I set my mind to it
1: that's how it works alright guys we'll see y'all next week
3: you wanna be